Hey, welcome to Village Church Q&A. I'm Amanda, and I'm here with Pastor Michael. And today we are going to discuss, is there a way to pornography-proof my kids? No. Uh, <laughs> that's not the answer I wanted. I that's why I came here. That's why I asked this question. I know. Uh, there's not a way to infallibly 100% like n- ensure that they're never going to have access to it. There are ways that we can reduce the risk greatly. And there are ways that we can reduce not just the risk, but the risk of ongoing access. And there, there is a difference between like seeing something and then having private access to something indefinitely. Mm. And so it's very plausible, like you're, you're raising four boys, I'm raising three kids, two girls and a boy. Um, it's very realistic they're going to see something. The difference between seeing something and having private ongoing access to something where they become addicted and corrupted in ways that are just really hard to even imagine right now, mm. those are different worlds. Yep. I, I can't promise you that they won't see something, but I can. I think there are ways that we can ensure that they are not given over to this. All right. So there are, I'm going to just warn you in the front end, and we're going to fly because I have a lot to say on this. Okay. I want to make seven points. Uh, the longest point is the first point, and then we're going to go. And it, if you really, like somebody's watching this, you know, if you want um, something deeper, uh, I encourage you, give us a call. We'd love to process some of this with you and help you out. Here's Here's number one. Uh, we need to identify what porn is. And the reason I say this is because there are two categories of porn that I think it's worth identifying for parents. And one is called soft porn. The other is called hard porn. Hard porn, I think we understand what that is. You go online, you look at a pornographic website, it's explicit. Uh, soft porn uh, takes all different kinds of forms and facets. This is everything from the scantily clad woman uh, on TV or on the billboard uh, to when maybe they're watching something on one of the, like, like Netflix or Hulu, and they're mostly naked, they're maybe having sex, but they're um, you don't see anything technically, or maybe there actually is nudity, but it's a little reserved because it's on Showtime or mm. HBO. It's not the same as like the hardcore stuff. Um, understanding the difference is really important because soft porn is the gateway into hardcore porn. Mm. Now I want to, I want to, share a few different ways soft porn is accessed. And I think this is important understanding that of course we don't want our kids to access hard porn, but we get really weird and um, uh, not intentional about the soft porn. Mm. So number one is your kids' phones. This is its own podcast. Maybe we should do our own episode Mm. and I'm just going to give you a few principles. Uh, I'm sorry, but I don't see kids having their own phone and access to it as wise or smart. Uh, What age your kids need a phone, that's up to you. Uh, If they do have one, uh, what we do with our daughter's phone is uh, we have the uh, privacy settings. They are really strong. She is only allowed to go to websites that we have given permission for her to go into. Mm -hmm. If she wants to get into a website that is not on the list, she needs to get my private access code that she does not know what it is. And I have to actually type it in and approve it. They're not allowed to have social media accounts. In fact, I'm fairly positive and some parents will just raise, you know, some kind of holy hell with me on this. I'm trying to find a reason to give them a social media account. Right. A good reason, a redeeming reason. I'm on social media and I'm shocked by what I see generally and there's no way to filter it out. Right. Yep. So, um, what parents, most parents don't want to do is they don't want their child to commit social suicide. Hmm. Uh, honestly, what social media is doing is literally corrupting an entire it generation. It's social and suicide. It and that, is, it, yeah. It's so bad. Yeah. So, uh, you know, parents need to have a completely different view of phones. Like, here, here's one thing. Um, 
the phone is not theirs. It's my phone that I'm letting them use. Yeah. Right. That even just the notion of ownership, my kids own nothing. Mm. Um, I own everything. Uh, now if they want to go pay for it, great. But even then they still don't own it because like even the fact that they were able to save money, it's because I paid for their food. I paid for their education. I paid for all the gas that it takes to get yeah. them from A to B, pay for all of their clothes. Even if they buy a shirt and they have this unique sense of ownership, it's a mirage. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> nothing that they do exists without me. Their health insurance, yeah. their, you name it. So mm-hmm. my point in saying that is we have this really backward sense of ownership. Like that's theirs. Mm. Well, I'm sorry, but if that's your view of ownership, then you are setting your child up to be a porn addict. And if you put a phone in their hand and mm. you say your time is yours, you're, what you look at is yours, it's your phone. I'm just your parent. It's your stuff. You are literally setting them up for failure. Mm. They have no wisdom. They have no strength to discern. Self-control um, is self-control, that its limits. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So uh, understanding social media, advertising in general, YouTube, there are ways to work around YouTube um, so that they are not accessing soft porn. And then TV shows, uh, we should not be giving our children free access or total access to uh, Hulu, Netflix, Disney Plus, um, this stuff is kind of all throughout. Mm. So what that requires is parental engagement. It requires not letting them have their own unique accounts. It requires you like going through it. It requires even things like you don't like our kids. You do not have your phone in your bedroom. You don't look on the internet in your bedroom. Mm. Um, All things are public and they're in public places Mm -hmm. because the devil hates my children. He wants to ruin them. He wants to corrupt them. And uh, he, so I I understand that I have an enemy who is trying to put this in front of them. Uh, Hard porn is accessed in the following ways most commonly through parents who look at hard, hardcore porn. Mm. They leave it on their phone. Their kids pick up their phone. It's in their search history. It's on an app. Mm. They forgot about it. If you're looking at porn, your kids will inevitably find it. You will be dumb eventually and you'll miss the boat on that. Mm. It happens to their friends. People underestimate how influential their friends are. My initial access to porn was in seventh grade at a sleepover. That was hardcore porn. My initial access to soft porn was at a friend's sleepover in fifth and sixth grade. Yep. So like... Having really crystal clear rules as parents, no, in fact, you're not allowed to do sleepovers at just anyone's house. I don't care if all your friends are going. I'm not here to make you feel cool and included. I'm here to protect you. Uh, and so like there are very few places where my kids are going to have a sleepover. Yeah. And you know? I, I've, I've struggled with, you know, sending my kids over and having mm-hmm. to reinforce my guidelines on what kind of screen time they can have, where they can have that screen time. I feel terrible doing it because you almost feel like you're parenting the parent. But what I'm really doing is mm-hmm. just take responsibility for my yep. child um, and what they might be comfortable with their children. If yep. they have phones or technology, I have to get in front of that yep. and have to say, I'm going to safeguard him here. I want him to be able to go to his friend's house sleepovers rarely seem like a good idea but if they're going to go play at somebody's house you know and have a friend then i have to say what i am comfortable with and actually just make it really clear to my son we've talked about like what the dangers are and when you have that mentality you invite them in to understanding what this is before it's just in front of their eyes you give them tools to be like i need to safeguard myself away from that i don't want it Yep. So with my kids, I know all of their friends. I know who has phones, who doesn't, who games, what they game on. Yep. Um, We're in communication with their parents. 
And if there's going to be any semblance of an ongoing, deep, out of school like relationship, mm-hmm. we are going to be collaborating with their parents. Yep. Now, is that high maintenance? You better believe it. Totally. But I'm telling you, I'm watching a generation of kids who are depressed. They're overwhelmed. They are addicted. It is nuts. And parents don't think it's their kids. The, when I was a youth pastor. Or they don't think it's a big deal. Right. When I was yeah. a youth pastor. Oh, my gosh. The amount of seventh graders who would tell me they've been looking at porn every day and addicted to it for a year or um, two or three, and their yeah. parents had no idea. Mm. It was heartbreaking. Mm. Uh, when you try to tell the parents, they couldn't believe it mm. because the parents didn't pay attention. That was 13 years ago. Yeah, It's so much more accessible. All right, we yeah. need it now. Numbers two through seven, you ready? Mm-hmm. Uh, number one is identify what porn is. Number two is identify the common access points. We talked about that. Understand yeah. what happens at school sleepovers, friends' houses, know who they are. Um, That's important. Number three is learn tech mitigation. So Android users and iPhone users, there are different things that you have to do on those devices to learn how to do this. I don't expect most moms and dads to know how to do it. So you need to find somebody who does, and they need to help you learn how to do these things. The iPhone has made it so easy. If you just go to YouTube and you search how to protect my children from porn on the iPhone, you'll you'll be able to go to all the parent settings and figure out how to do awesome. it. It's so easy to use. It takes about 15 minutes of thoughtfulness um, and then some ongoing work where the kids have to get permission. Unfortunately, some parents are going to have to go back to their kids and say, I did all this wrong. I made you believe you own this thing, even though you paid for it. I'm taking it back. And in my home, if you want to use my internet, here are the rules. So um, I even have this thing in my uh, Xfinity Wi-Fi in the home where I can shut off anybody's devices. Mm -hmm. I can monitor. It's great. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is really pretty cool what you can do if you really want to. Um, Number four is make hard decisions young. You You have to make decisions young on sleepovers, phones, social media, the notion of privacy, uh, where you can do what. Um, the only thing that we would tell our kids is private would be their bodies after a shower in the bathroom. Like they have some, they have privacy there. But when it comes to technology, there is no privacy in my home. Everything is fair game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am allowed to go through anyone's text messages anytime I want. The minute they pitch a fit, that phone is gone. Yeah. We have Freedom of Information Act in the fueling home mm-hmm. and it goes in every which way. So, mm-hmm. um, so uh, and then finally, number five, is is friends the decisions that we have to make young here's the fifth point here which is that we're going to get we're going to move away from restrictions Mm -hmm. and we're going to move into preventative stuff Mm -hmm. paint a really amazing picture of holiness Mm -hmm. there are so many living images of children and families that are falling apart before people's eyes and your kids are going to see it and it is okay to say that is what sin gets you And understand that when when you give sin free reign in your mind or your heart, this is the way it plays itself out. And so it, it's okay to show people like, here's the negative consequences, but like, here are the positive consequences. And so what you do is you surround your children with people who have done well. Uh, you surround your children with adults and youth leaders who are solid. I don't know why for the life of me, parents are threatened by youth leaders and godly adults hmm. from the time... From the earliest age, when there is a godly woman or man that wants to invest in my children, I'm like, take them out. I will pay for you to do it. Take them out to Starbucks. Take them out to a movie. I will pay for all of it for them to just be in your presence and for you to invest in them. I'll do whatever I can on that. Some people I've had to go out and say, would you take my kids out? Would right. you love on them? They, I think they need a woman or a man in their life right now. Yeah. Um, so paint a grand picture of holiness. Um, number six is create cultures of grace and honesty. When they screw up, it's not the end of the world. The Lord can deal with it. We can deal with it. 
And so I'm I'm trying to create an environment where we do not overpunish or overreact, mm. where honesty is welcome and we deal with it. And mm-hmm. if it's sin, we don't lose our minds over it. Um, we teach and train. But if it's just grace, then they'll take advantage of it. Um, mm. We need to make sure that there is just some some honesty uh, here. And then finally, number seven is harness the power of like-minded adults. I already tapped on it, but your mm. youth leaders and the men and women who love Jesus in your life will be and can be some of the the biggest blessings. I want my children spending time with other godly men and women. Get them in a youth group uh, in your church. Make sure they're in a small group, particularly by the time they're in fifth and sixth grade. There should be an adult in their life that is not you as a mom and dad, that you trust, that you're communicating with, um, that you can um, give them freedom to go spend time with. Yep, that's super Um, impactful for our children to have people outside of our home that's also carrying the same values and beliefs of the Bible and what we can do to protect ourselves and honor the Lord with our lives. Well, all of that is, it is a backwards way of looking at raising kids than most people are doing. Those Mm. seven things right now to some people feel like like they're overwhelmed Mm. and I get it. Um, Go back take one at a time. And and I think most families need to rebuild the foundation by which we're, we're raising our kids. Yeah, I am no longer passive. I am active. I'm no longer reactive. I am proactive. Mm-hmm. Like we think differently about parenting, parenting because the threats are that much greater. I don't live paranoid um, because we have put really great boundaries around our family. Mm. My job as a parent is not the ease of my life. It is to protect my children, to raise them, to give them a grand view of God, to show them um, the, just grace when they mess up, which we, again, I can be, you know, all of us can be a little harder on our kids than we want to be, but um, parenting isn't easy. It's not for the faint of heart. Mm. But if we're not all in and proactive, yeah, porn's coming for them. Yep. And I, I don't mean to be paranoid, but it's real. You it's know? real. And I'm just really appreciative of the direct advice that you've given so that we can move forward in confidence and not live in paranoia. Yep. Amen. That's super helpful. Next time, join us back when we discuss the question, when should I allow my kids to watch PG-13 movies? Yeah.